0: Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life, and host of this podcast, Incredible Life Creator. And today, my guest is Mr. Patrick Carney. Hey, Patrick.
1: Hello, Kimberly. Thrilled to be here.
0: Yes, so happy to have you. And we met several years ago at CEO Space, which for people who don't know what that is, it's people who have businesses and they help each other with their businesses. So it was very nice to meet you there, and um, and um, it was hard to miss you because you had some beautiful art pieces there.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: So, yeah, but just so pe- other people know who you are, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and read your bio. So, Patrick Carney, the artist, is an indomitable spirit who has shared his creative talent with the world in ways that are sometimes beyond measure. No one captures the essence of women, the aura of their souls, the contours of their brilliance, in the way this artist can. Carney captures the legacy that these women leave as footsteps on this earth. While attending the School of Visual Arts in New York City, Patrick Carney had the privilege to study with Chuck Close, Marge Anderson, Robert Israel, Vern Hogarth, and Milton Glasser. Each of these teachers had a profound impact on his life. Um, Not only are Patrick Carney's acrylics and pens and inks purchased by collectors all over the world, many of his paintings are displayed in the personal collections of such luminaries as Dick Clark, John Lennon, Bob Dylan, Stevie Nicks, Bruce Springsteen, J.D. Souther, Tom Russell, Judy Collins, Al Cooper, Pete Seeger, Sharon Lecter, Frank Shankwitz, and Kevin Harrington. Well, I'm so happy to have you here and to introduce you to everyone. So I know you've had such a journey because I only read part of your bio because you have had quite you've done a lot of things. So why don't you start out by telling us, you know, where you started and how you got to be doing what you're doing now?
1: I uh, I came out with a paintbrush in my hand, and so uh, I've been drawing and painting since I can. I, I can't even remember not doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. And so you did you you started out by going to art school, then to learn your craft. And
1: yeah, well. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, I was doing it throughout high school, which uh, really saved me uh, as a student to be able to draw and paint. And then I went to the School of Visual Arts, uh, as you said, in New York City, and um, got to interact with uh, individuals from around the world, because um, art really is a a, a global language, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we get to share um, in that language with all everything we produce.
0: Wonderful. So I didn't read all of this, but um, you have worked in the inner city, you've worked in prisons, you, you've um, went on tour with rock bands. Tell me a little bit more about those adventures.
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, we're put on this earth for a purpose, and one of those purposes is to share our expertise or our passions with individuals. So I volunteered um, at a prison to um, teach art to the um, to the inmates. And then once a year, I would have an art show for them. Uh, it, really uh, working in the inner city when I was in college was working with a community center that was in an underprivileged area of the city in Buffalo, New York. And that was a, an experience that, uh, like none other, where I got to work with the inner set of children and inspire them to create. And my, my love of music, uh, I've loved music since day one. Um, my big passion is to capture the illuminaries that actually make the music.
0: Beautiful. And, you, and I've seen some of your work and you do capture the essence of people. So um, talk more about that. So when you do portraits of people, famous and (laughs) non-famous, and whenever I see any of your work, I mean, first of all, it really looks like the person because sometimes we see art and it doesn't seem to look like the person. But it's more than that. It's like you've captured their heart or their soul or their there's something in the eyes there's something in the expression of how you paint it so talk more about how you do that
1: well i actually start with the eyes and if i don't capture the eyes i start over and as you know people say you know the the uh, way to the, the soul and the heart is through the eyes so i must capture that And prior to actually starting, I embed in the canvas lyrics. And so the paintings are actually right above lyrics. So what you're actually feeling is, um, you know, something like, baby, uh, lock the doors and turn the lights down, low." You know, one of those those lyrics. And Mm -hmm. um, then I paint that portrait above it. So... I've had people who um, stand in front of a, a painting for for a period of time and t- basically almost say the lyrics verbatim.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> That's so amazing. Yeah, there's a real
1: synergy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're talking about frequencies there and vibration and energetics and, yeah. you know, some of the things that we don't always talk about it because uh you know part of the population thinks it's not um not scientific but it actually everything is frequency and vibration and and, and energy so that is amazing that people actually yeah you know feel it's that. funny you,
1: you say that yeah it's funny you say that because i'm reading a new book um that is called your mind on art and it talks about that. It talks about um, how we need the arts in everything we do, especially the math and the sciences. We need it for the creativity of our children. And here we are taking all of it out of the schools.
0: I know. I you know, and it's so important. I think it's just as important as science, and we need all of it. because and-
1: Absolutely. I mean, the last time... The last thing I read was we have dropped in the ratings to thirty eighth in the, in the world in education, and I believe it's because we took the arts out of the education system.
0: Mm-hmm. Very, very, very possible. And you know, when I think of art, you no, know, I'm a painter, but I don't do portraits. Um, <laughs> so far, uh, I do other things, but um, art allows your mind to relax. And be creative in so many ways. So even though you might be there doing the art. Your mind is working on all sorts of creative endeavors. Where when you're just looking at facts and logic. And and there's no emotion in it. It's really hard to get into that creative space. Or to create new things that need to be created. We need to create new things. And you can't just do it with facts and figures.
1: Exactly. Uh, you know, I hate hanging around in the left side of my brain. It's uh, I got to be over there on the right side, you know, because we're here uh, to remember our light, the gifts that we've been given. And it's the imperfections in those thoughts that make perfect possible. And, you know, in one soul, like you're just talking about, there's a thousand feelings when you sit down to paint
0: hmm yeah there is paint or draw or you know anything anything creative I mean creativity can be other things too it can be making a beautiful meal for your family it's just putting your mind and your thoughts Absolutely. into that place where you can breathe I guess that's the best way to, you can breathe and relax into it and it gives your mind that that space to play where in the logic it's you can still play with logic and with numbers and be creative with those, but it's not quite the same.
1: Absolutely. You know, um and and you know what is really great about art is is the opportunity to be simple or mm-hmm. simplistic. And if you look at my paintings and my drawings i use very few colors and very few lines and i still get the impact that that i desire uh my high school art teachers to say something to the effect capture intensity and aura however keep it simple uh-huh
0: yeah that that makes sense and um yeah. And your paintings are so unique. I, I had an art teacher that told me that if I painted something and it looked too perfect, like it looked, it looked like it could come out of a store. She said, do something to mess it up. <laughs> In other words, make <laughs> it unique, make it your own, you know, don't make it look co- co- cookie cutter if you will.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, Nothing is as good as a a drawing with what they call a mistake in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's phenomenal when we get to that point and we're okay with it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So you said you use very few colors. Um, Are there certain colors you tend to use more than others or using it based on the mood or what you're trying to portray?
1: It's it's more around um, what I feel their um, observable behavior style is when I when I decide to draw somebody. So, like, let's just say I'm painting Michael Jackson on stage in concert. So it would be bright, vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. Off stage, behind the scenes, it's going to be light light colors you know not dull but but not vibrant either mm-hmm. and um because his personality behavior style off stage is um subdued where mm-hmm. on stage it's vibrant so yes
0: beautiful and when you're capturing the eyes i mean even the picture you have behind you there and for people who are just listening it's a face of a woman with you know green eyes I mean, it's very so simple. I'll,
1: I'll move this way. There we go.
0: Yeah. and uh, You know, a lot of times when I think of drawing eyes, you know, you want to draw all those little lines and and detail the eyes. But you haven't done that. You just have kind of the outside, the inside. None of that extra detail, yet it's so expressive.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, it was one of those things where I forget who said it to me. It's is is that they loved when the smallest things took up the most room in their heart, and that's what I attempt to do with with the simplicity, is just create this rush of energy that goes into the heart. And see, that's see, the neuroscientists say that we have it all until we're about seven years old. Mm-hmm. And at seven years old, society starts to get in the way. Okay? So I, as you, we talked about earlier, I, I volunteered in prison, and every one of them said they couldn't draw a stick figure. Uh-huh. I had them all create art by the time I was done. And not only create art, create art with their eyes closed.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So how many of us draw with our eyes closed? Not too many. <laughs>
1: I do it about once a month.
0: Really? So are you drawing? Are you painting? Are you doing both?
1: Well, just think about this, okay? Pretend you have a rose in your hand. Okay. Okay. And you're going to draw this rose. You have to know the rose intimately. So -hmm. you study the stem. Is it hard? Is it soft? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? And then as you get to know it, you're moving it into your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the leaves and you, you do the same thing. And then you go to the petals and you do the same thing. So for 15 minutes, you're studying the object, moving it into your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Then you close your eyes and draw it and you can draw it.
0: Wow. I'm definitely going to try that. i <laughs> definitely going to try that. That sounds so amazing. <laughs> yeah maybe i'll even draw better with my eyes closed we'll see <laughs> that, that <is> really <laughs> it's it's
1: it's amazing that that's it, it's a, it's a, it's a human nature that we can actually do that we we were born with that opportunity we just don't tap into it
0: yeah yeah and there, you know when when you're studying it you're looking at it you're feeling it so you're using all the the sensory, you know, well, you're not tasting it, hopefully, <laughs> but I mean, you're using your sight, you're feeling, um, if it has a sound, I'm sure you're using a sound to, to remember and put it into your heart. And I know, um, my background is in vision therapy. And so sometimes when I'm teaching people visual visualization or visual memory, we'll have them do that. We'll have them look and study something. And then same thing, either turn around or close their eyes and they have to, you know, repeat it and, and be able to do it so it's just amazing our brains and our thinking and it's not linear it's very so many pieces and so many parts to that
1: yeah it, when you talk you, you just got really excited you, you know your vitality and your life force and your energy just jumped thinking about it well mm-hmm. the same thing happens with an artist when they're when they're doing the same thing and so we need to to get the kids, the children, to tap into that and continue to carry that through into adulthood.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're teaching art, what are some of the basic important things to begin with?
1: To get rid of the blocks to say that you can't do it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, I mean, it, that's what the problem is. Society puts blocks up. If if I heard once, I heard a thousand times, you're going to starve as an artist. Mm-hmm. And every artist hears that, whether they're playing guitar, piano, or they're a dancer, whatever it is, they hear the same thing. And that's society putting a, you know, a stop to to this energy, to this life force.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And that is common for people to hear. So you're still here. You're very successful at it. So, any thoughts for people who are artists and they want to make a living doing
1: it? Well, one of the things they don't teach us in school is actually how to be a business person. Hmm. And one of the things that uh, an artist must learn is like, you know, where we met at CEO Space, um, spend time at, at places like that and around people. Because one of the things I've learned over the years is we rise or we will lower to the level of the six individuals we hang around with. So if you if you desire to be an artist, you need to hang around successful artists. If you're going to be a financial advisor, you got to hang around successful fina- financial advisors. You're going to be a life coach or a coach, whatever it's going to be, you have to hang around successful coaches that can train you, teach you how how to do what you aspire to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I I know that you have a mastermind that you do, and you're in San Diego because I. <laughs> so not close to me. I'm in Georgia, but um, I know you've had that mastermind for many years. So talk about that yes. and, and and how that, you know, changes things for people.
1: Um, I, I lucked out. I was doing an art show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and met a gentleman named Charlie Tremendous Jones at a show. And Char- Charlie was one of the top speakers in the world at that time. And I didn't know who he was. I had never heard of him. Invited me out to dinner, gave me my first copy of Think and Grow Rich and mentored me through it. And when we got to the chapter on Mastermind, he convinced me to start one and I've been doing it ever since.
0: Wow. So that was a long time ago because I think Charlie Trevendous Jones, he's not around anymore, right? He's
1: Yeah. We lost them about three years ago. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So you've been doing that for a long time. And when people go to a mastermind, uh, what is it like, what do they do? How does it help?
1: Well, mine is totally based on the hot seat process where let's say you're, you're going to write a book and, um, Your challenge with the title or your challenge with the marketing or your challenge with chapters or whatever it might be. You give us an overview of your desired outcomes and we give you an hour of feedback on how to actually optimize the ideas or the title, whatever it might be, and gives you a roadmap To fulfill that goal,
0: that is amazing. Because what business person doesn't want that, or or any project you're doing, really? If you can get all those minds working on the same thing, as opposed to only one mind working on working on it.
1: In in my mastermind, there's twelve members, always twelve, and. We figure out currently with the 12 members we have, there's a little under 7,000 minds in the room. (laughs) I go, okay, it's every parent, every sibling, every teacher, every professor, every trainer, every coach, every speaker that you've ever attended, all those minds are blending in that room while you're sitting on that hot seat.
0: Right. Yeah, any book you've ever read, anything.
1: Yeah, all that. Everything.
0: Wow. That is really amazing. So in you know, I hear of people doing masterminds, but a lot of times they're like horses or you know, they're 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 not that same hot seat situation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um I'm I'm frustrated with the word must mastermind right now with what is called a mastermind. And it is not a true mastermind. Mm -hmm. When you think about what the Carnegie's and the Fords and the Rockefellers had back in the thirties, you know, they were hot seat based.
0: Mm -hmm. And, and it showed because they were all successful. They're all
1: successful. So, and they, they were all open to new ideas. And that's what happens in a mastermind. You get the, the, these great ideas. And and it's so funny that, you know, sometimes people say, well, I already attempted that. That didn't work. However, as the idea blossoms through five, six, seven, eight different people and all their intelligence and brilliance comes to to the, the idea, the idea blossoms into a great idea.
0: Mm-hmm yeah well i can see where that can happen because you have all those minds they're all looking for positive answers to what you're asking yeah so, I've heard and, that- and every year
1: just 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 this week um we have uh, an end of the year party or exercise mm-hmm. and um we celebrate each member and so every one of the members writes a paragraph about the other member, what they bring in the room, what their aura is, what their essence is, ha, ha, what's the impact that you've been on me. Mm-hmm. And I take all 11 paragraphs and I put them in a scroll mm-hmm. and then each member takes turns reading another member's scroll. Oh. And it's not a tear, a dry eye in the place. The tears are just flowing.
0: Oh, I believe it. I just got chills. You telling me that.
1: And we just did that Tuesday. It was, it was <laughs> unbelievable how good it was.
0: Well, yeah, because you don't realize what you're doing for other people, so that lets you know what you're doing, but also, that's another thing, is it's it's really um, great information to find out how you are seen by the people around you, the people who really know you, because sometimes you don't know things about yourself, I mean, you, you think you do, but then they bring out things, and you're like, oh, yeah, I do do that, or... I am that way, but you never thought about it until someone points it out.
1: Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it gives you goosebumps to sit there.
0: That is wonderful. Makes me want to go start a mastermind for sure. (laughs) But uh, do you guys meet like every week or every month? My
1: first one. Uh We meet every week, every Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, two every other week or uh, once a month is there's too much time in between and nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. So we do it every week.
0: So there's accountability too. It's a commitment. Uh huh.
1: Oh, Definitely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So yeah. if someone wanted to learn how to do that, and I, the- I've read, you know, Think and Grow Rich. So is it would it be in that book or what's the best way to learn it?
1: yeah it, it that that's one of the great ways um is to read that the whole book is phenomenal and that chapter is phenomenal and there's other way- you know you just google it on uh on youtube and you you' find all sorts of people that are you know doing it the right way
0: mm-hmm. exactly
1: and my my members that move away and and whatnot um um you know start their own i have others that were in my mastermind that are running masterminds in other parts of the country.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How important is it for everyone to be in the same city?
1: It's not, it's not because we um, the great thing, I I was really impressed with the system we had because for 40 years we'd met in person. And when the, when uh, the pandemic hit, we moved to zoom without changing a thing. Everything was exactly the same, the same system, and it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. And the gift was then I could bring speakers in from around the world. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow! So besides the hot seats, you you have speakers sometimes or people who just bring information?
1: Yeah, what, what happens is um, the first week, the hot seat is an hour and 15 minutes. And then the second week, you have 15 more minutes of follow-up, and now and then I had an hour. I, what was I going to do with the hour? Um, and this happened about 18 years ago that we switched it up because we used to do the hot seat every single week. Mm-hmm. And um, I had that hour, and I said, "Oh, why, why, why not bring my my friends, the people I know, the speakers I've met, and started inviting them." And as of now, we've in, I've invited a hundred and Eighty-three different speakers, and one hundred and eighty-one <laughs> have shown up.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing! So, and when the speakers come, do they participate in the hot seats?
1: If yes, some come for the whole meeting. Some come just for their hour, so it depends. But yes, those that come absolutely, and and our guests, our members will invite one or two people from their world for their hot seat and that expands the hot seat a little bit
0: Mm oh yeah that's a great idea that's so awesome well um we've talked about masterminds we've talked about art um just a personal question what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment what gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life right now
1: right now it it is my grandchildren
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh the games we play together you know they they're a priority yeah
0: grand your grandchildren are top on my list too so well thank you so <laughs> much for coming and being on the podcast how do people connect with you like if they wanted to have a piece done um how do they connect with you
1: um through uh, right now it's it's email Uh, i'm basically semi-retired so um it's all word of mouth now so Mm -hmm. it's pcar13 at gmail.com so pcar13 at gmail.com
0: okay great great well thank you so much for being on the podcast and um it's been a fun conversation about art and i love that and i think we do need more art in our lives and like you said if we can get our kids started on it early that's the best thing
1: it is it is you know and i mean that's why i encourage the grandchildren and uh, my boys I, ha- I raised two boys the same thing with them and uh, i think the art really uh, created wonderful options and possibilities
0: mm-hmm. so i have one last question before we finish what is your best advice on living an incredible amazing
1: life Wake up with a smile on your face. Create opportunities to have an impact for six individuals by 6 p.m. each and every day. Love that.
0: Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: Bye-bye.